And welcome back. Investors of Netflix, they're bracing for more subscriber losses today. The streamer set to announce second quarter earnings, and there's projections that Netflix will have lost another 2 million subscribers for the period. And that would be, by the way, Netflix's biggest quarterly decline in its history. Joining us now to discuss this further is pop culture expert Alyssa Freeman, who's on the line. Alyssa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Okay, I think we are all feeling the heat today, but maybe uh, no more so than uh, Netflix. Uh, why does Netflix, do you think, Alyssa, continue to just bleed subscribers? I mean, do they just not have stuff people want to watch? Is it as simple as that? You know, it's interesting. When I first learned about this story, I thought about my own viewing habits. And I think about two and a half, three years ago, um, which actually coincided with the onset of the pandemic, we were all, I was very much a heavy Netflix watcher because we were home, we weren't going out, and that was really a primary source of entertainment. Listen, I've been with Netflix since it was $8 a month, and it's certainly not that now. I think what's happened is, A, people are going out and their viewing habits have definitely changed. B, there's a lot more competition. So, you know, there's been a splintering and you have a choice of any number of streaming services really to watch. So if your kids like Disney or you want just want to watch Prime or you just want to watch Crave, I think people are looking at their, um, you know, their visa bills, Jeff. And they're thinking, how many streaming services am I paying for? And do you really want to pay up to $200 a month just to watch maybe one or two shows that you really like? And people are having a sober second thought about sort of extraneous expenses, especially as we're heading into this recession. You know, I was reading Morgan Stanley, their warning of a quote-unquote streaming recession. And I think that's exactly what you were just talking about there, Alyssa. Do you think that's what we're seeing here with Netflix as the beginning of a so-called streaming recession? I think so. And I think what Netflix is trying to do is, A, come up with a long-term fix, which is, it might be a bit overdue, but at least they're still planning on doing that. And I think that every company, Jeff, goes through their ups and downs. It's not always going to be smooth sailing. You know, hopefully you think that you have enough in the hopper that's going to carry you through the ebbs and flows of what a natural business cycle will bring you. But maybe in the case of Netflix, there was a little bit too much riding on their laurels and we're still the only game in town and we're Netflix and you're not. But, you know, other streaming services have come up with their own hit shows or their own hit movies that they have um, on their platforms now. So people only have so many hours in the day. They're not spending as much time in front of their TVs as they used to. So if they're going to do that, they're going to pick and choose. They're going to look at what they're paying and they're going to definitely streamline the streaming. Mm -hmm. You know, I was reading one headline, Alyssa, that said Netflix needs to find their inner Star Wars. And by that, uh, do they need to find kind of like uh, Disney has? Do they need a franchise that is exclusively theirs? And maybe that was their uh, biggest mistake is not getting that. I mean, they've had some great hits. I mean, Stranger Things, I think, set a streaming record for them uh, just uh, recently. But they don't seemingly have that one franchise like Star Wars or Harry Potter that would uh, draw a loyal fan base. I think when Netflix, um, you know, when Disney came on to the streaming platforms, that should have been a big warning bell for Netflix, because think of all the franchises and the content that they own that they could stream at any time in any place. So you're talking about decades and decades of movies that they have in their coffers and TV shows and that that they own and nobody else can have. So at that point, you know, you would think at Netflix, they were thinking, okay, 
we're not going to get these things. We need to come up with our own um, content that's going to keep subscribers engaged. Well, finding a your inner Star Wars or a Star Wars-like franchise, it can be a temporary quick fix. You know, it could, like Stranger Things did, make everybody feel good and the number of um, streaming, uh, you know, the number of downloads that happened would certainly indicate that. But that's just one thing. It's sort of like having a day. You know how lots of nonprofits or companies have a day? Let's celebrate Pink Day. Let's celebrate that day. Well, days come and go. You need something much longer term in order to sustain the company and to keep your subscriber base engaged. Okay, well, let's talk about a couple of those so-called long-term fixes, if we could. And let's start with uh, an advertising tier, because Netflix has said that they're looking at that, that they might add an advertising tier. And I guess the thought is that maybe they can get back down to that original $8 a month, which was very attractive to a lot of subscribers. But now that's going to come with the additional cost of you're going to have to watch uh, ads. So do you think that they're going to be able to attract uh, some subscribers they don't have with this advertising tier? Well, I think that they come up with the narrative, first and foremost, that we're lowering the cost and then B, yes, we're having some of our costs offset by advertising. I mean, listen, you go into a movie theater and you're going to see ads. Even if you put on another uh, competitive service like Amazon, the first thing you do is you see all the upcoming shows that they want you to watch. It's not an ad, but it kind of is an ad. I think that there would be definitely some grumbling Well, I'm not turning on Netflix because I don't want it to be like mainstream TV. But if you did see a significant um, subscription decrease, you might give it another thought. So I think there's always a small hit that you have to take. And I think there's always a small percentage where companies have to think, well, you know, what's the downside of this idea versus what's the upside? But I think if, if you know, cost is an issue, and only Netflix would know that why people are, why, they're, why they are losing subscribers. But if cost is the issue, that is one way to deflect that. Okay, the other strategy, and they announced this earlier this year, will not take effect till I think the back end of this year, but is a crackdown on password sharing. They're not going to allow your password, your Netflix password, to be shared as much as it is uh, right now. Will that help the overall bottom line, do you think? I'm wondering, you know, if people can't share their passwords because they've been given free reign all this time, will that even cause a, a further drop in subscribers? You know, it, it wouldn't be an unusual step. I don't think that I would lead with that step about password sharing. I think I would come up with something else a little bit more positive that has a greater benefit to their audience and to their consumers, rather than saying, don't do this in order to help our bottom line, but perhaps something that says, do do this or accept this and uh, have that come out as a first salvo. I certainly wouldn't come out with something negative that would further alienate any um, potential subscribers and current subscribers. All right, just finally, Alyssa, I know Netflix is telling investors today to basically just hold on. Things are going to be okay. We've got some strong content uh, coming. Uh, they got the new season of The Crown on the way. They've also got this $200 million action movie called The Gray Man with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris Evans. Stop me if you've heard of those two before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that Netflix, can they hold on here? Can they weather the storm? I think that with any good business and good sound business strategy, yes, you can weather a storm. I think the last thing that Netflix wants to do after starting off what, Jeff, as a movie rental company, you know, they've managed to morph and pivot as the times have changed and the goalposts have been moved. 
So they can certainly do it again. That's going to depend on their leadership. That's going to depend on the willingness of people who work there and the confidence of their investors. And most importantly, the confidence of their audience. Listen, I love the crown. I'll be watching. That's for sure. So I'm not getting rid of my Netflix membership so quickly, but I think that you know you that you know content is is definitely a large percentage of what makes Netflix so um, attractive to people, but maybe they have to diversify their thinking as to what is going to keep their audience in addition to great content. All right, Alyssa Freeman, great chatting as always. Thank you so much for this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. And we're back after this break. Stay with us. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.